Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. So here we go. You better buckle up, Buttercup. And a whole new attitude to your afternoon. I want to know what's going on, and I want to know right now. You know, two dudes talking sports. And you two will be awesome. Live from News Talk 1480 WHBC. It's a household name. Who the hell are you? It's the Kenny and JT Show. Have a great show. I'll tell you what, for 50 years, Maslin, you've heard the talk that you never won one on the field. Well, the final results of this game say that talk is over. Down to the final 10 seconds. The D2 High School Football Championship is going to be on the trophy shelf for the Maslin Tigers. Anybody get any sleep over in Tigertown last night? I don't think so. <laughs> Good for them, man. Congratulations. I think the cameo had an all-night license. The alibi did, too, and probably God only knows where Joey is at the Kendall. <laughs> Let's go! Man, JT, what a night. Man. What a game. And what a victory for Nate Moore and the Maslin Tigers. They no longer have to hear you've never won one in the playoff era after beating Hoban last night. Thanks to that mm-hmm. eye of the tiger on defense. The final score, you ready for this? 7-2. Mm-hmm. to two. Wow. That was the final score. It was amazing. And, you know, it's like one of those pitcher's duels that you don't like in baseball. But, man, you talk about some defense, and you talk about Nate Moore. Congratulations to the coach, his family, obviously the players and everyone else, the coaches involved. But how about yep. this, man? That community, they were starving for this victory, man. All kinds of friends and family that I have over in Maslin. Congratulations. Job well done. Let's do it one time, Kenny. T-I-G. E-R-S. There you go. They got it done. Oh. This isn't Dolly Parton either. It's a real version. (laughs) Every time you say Dolly Parton, I'm going to think of her now. This is the original version. Dolly Parton was a member of the Tiger Swing Band. She would have sang this at halftime. <laughs> oh my, a long time coming. Man. And that makes it that much sweeter for them, I guess. You know, it really does. You think about all the great teams over the years, and I was thinking about this last night. All yeah. the Spielman led teams. I mean, even before that and since then, they've been yeah. some really, really great Maslin football teams. And this one gets it done in a game and, a, and against an opponent that maybe they knew a little bit too well, and it might have helped them. Here's the the point I made before the game that I think really stood true last night, JT, and that was even though it didn't, you know, look fully in his favor, Maslin had a quarterback playing quarterback, Hoban had a defensive back playing quarterback, and Tim Tyrrell, God bless him, after the game, right, uh, he praised on Maslin, right, classy in defeat as he was in mm-hmm. victory a few years ago, uh, but he talked, he said, look, we. We asked this kid to play quarterback. His Mm -hmm. best position is cornerback, and he's one of the best in the country. He sacrificed his season for us Mm -hmm. to play quarterback, and against most teams it was good enough. Against that defense, 
it just wasn't good enough. Reminds you of Trey Smith. He's an athlete. You yeah. ask an athlete to be your quarterback. And I saw pretty much the same thing from the Maslin quarterback because, let's face it, I don't know if it was the weather conditions and it was really windy. Neither quarterback really threw the ball well. You look at the Maslin quarterback, he's like a fullback, man. And especially yeah. on that first series, he's running right through them. And I, You know, I had a really good perspective watching this game. I sat with Coach Tom McDaniels. And I'm Ooh. telling you, no one breaks down a film, or in this case, it's like watching an all-22 and Tom knew every play that was going on. He knew every adjustment that a team seemingly either made or didn't make. And it came down to what I had said all along. You get to this point in the season, and maybe it's too long, I don't know. But sooner or later, somebody's going to make a mistake. And when you do, you have to capitalize on those mistakes. And let's face it, Tigers capitalized where Hoden couldn't get things done. All right, you ready for this? It wasn't just one mistake made by Hoban. Here we go. All right, bear with me on this, JT. Hoban mistakes in the game. They put the ball on the turf five times mm. and resulted in two fumbles. Threw one interception late in the first half. Three turnovers total. Had a punt block to set up the game's only touchdown because the punter snap or the, the snap to the punter was perfect. He dropped it, had to pick it up. They blocked the punt. Opening drive, third and one. Tyler Boykin has to go under center instead of out of the shotgun, and what's he do? He fumbles the snap. Dorian Pringle recovers. First half, second down, play in their own territory, and a Hoban receiver drops a pass that would have been good for a first mm -hmm. down to keep the drive alive. Maslin, fourth and ten after the block punt. Hoban with a sack, but a face mask penalty. Fifteen yards keeps that drive alive. Twice on fourth and three, Hoban going for it. They had illegal procedure penalties, made it fourth and eight. They mm -hmm. punted both times. Hoban had to use all three of their timeouts by the 7.33 mark of the fourth quarter in that second half. Hoban tried a double pass on second and five with under seven minutes to go. They lost eight yards, mm -hmm. and you could say it was a good defensive play or you could say it was a dropped pass. Fourth and eight from the Mass. Brian, do we have that play? Fourth and eight from the Maslin 17 with about 122 to go. And this was the play that ended it for Hoban and won it for Maslin. Now it's fourth and eight for the ball game. Under two minutes. Here's your D2 championship on the line right here. Liebler running in, telling his down linemen some directions. Boykin waiting on the snap. Wants to throw. Pocket breaks. Rolls right. Man in the end zone. Did he get it? Broken oh, up. Ball out. He had a chance, but when he went down to catch it, the turf popped the ball out. Incomplete Maslin's ball. You want to try to make as much mistake-free wow. football as you can in a situation like that. You just mentioned a ton of them. But I'm gonna yep. I'm gonna single one of them out. And the All one right. I want to single out is because, like I said, I was watching the game with Tom McDaniels. And when you try a flea flicker or a double pass or whatever you want to call it, a trick play, his response was this. Now, maybe you don't have confidence, and obviously neither quarterback's throwing the ball extremely well or well at all, right? One quarterback, yeah. I believe, had 19 yards passing to the other 17 or something like that. You know what he says to me? He turns to me and he looks at me and he says this. You know what the problem with a play like that is? Obviously it didn't work, okay? Yeah. How many times do you practice that play? You, you might know. throw that into practice two or three times in the last three or four weeks. You're not running that every day at practice. You talk about 
the quarterback getting reps. We talk about it in the pros all the time. How many reps did the backup quarterback get? He didn't get that many. And guess what? We have to practice the t- the plays that we know are going to work or the plays that we want to work that are going to win us a ball game. That ain't one of them. So what it did was it gave you one instance where you were going to turn the ball over because the trick play didn't work. Had they run that off tackle that was working on third and long, I'm not saying it would have converted into a first down, but it's like the old Woody Hayes adage. When you throw the ball, a couple of things can happen, and two of them are bad. That was one of them, an incomplete pass. Yeah, well, no, actually it was a, a loss for eight yards. They lost eight yards on, on that you play. You sacked that one? Yeah, so you, you, you look at that and you say they're desperate, right? Because they, they couldn't drum up any offense whatsoever, it's, it's so they had to go thing. to trickeration. Yeah. Yeah. It's a confidence thing because we know yeah. we've got to try to do some catch them off guard, and I get it. I mean, you would have been saying the same thing today had Maslin lost that game when Nate Moore, I believe at the 733 mark, goes for a fake punt. Yeah. And I'm looking at this game going, what are you doing, man? This team can't possibly mount a 70-yard drive, 60-yard drive, or a 50. Even if the kid would have shanked the punt for, for Maslin, who's their punter, Hackenbrack, if you would have yep. shanked their punt, you would have still had the ball at about midfield. I don't think Hoban could have mounted a 50-yard drive. But then again, who knows in a situation like that? Maybe he knew his defense is getting a little bit tired there. We want to keep the ball, and we want to drain the, the play clock. We're lucky that... Things transpired the way they did. I mean, it's hard to second guess and look at a game like this, but for me, my defense is playing that well. I'm going to let them win that game for me, yeah, and I'm not going to yeah. let it boil down to a last-second 20-yard desperation heave. And I bro- I told it to you off the air, and I said it during the broadcast last night. I don't know if Nate you know, summoned back to when they lost to Hoban 42-28 uh, back in 2018 when – Tim Terrell ran the fake punt to put that game away for them and just, you know, he was trying to pull a page out of their playbook to keep the ball and run out the clock. So uh, Nate was asked Mm -hmm. about it. He had a a short answer to it. Maybe after a couple of days, you know, if we ask him about it, he'll answer a little bit more as to why he did that. But in the end, it worked out. It didn't matter where they got the ball. They didn't score a touchdown. In that moment, you know what a head coach does? They make notes. You might be right. He may have summoned that up, but he might have had it on his play sheet and said, look, if we get into this situation, this is the play we want to run because every coach has their best third down plays on that play sheet. You want to know why it's so big, so long, and has so many different articles. It looks like a Denny's menu. It's because it's situational football. We t- I talk about it all the time, Kenny. Right. I need to know situationally what my players can accomplish in any given situation. And I think that might have been one of the reasons why you look at it and say, man, why would you do that? But then again, maybe it's because he knew in a situation like that with seven minutes to go in a ball game, if I get the ball back, I'm not giving it back to them. If I get a chance to convert on a fourth and one, yep, yep. fourth and two, whatever it was, I'm not giving them the ball back. That's a risk you take for going on it. And like we say all the time, when you go for it on fourth down, it's just as bad as a turnover, right? That, that punt in the first yeah. half. When Hoban, it's the second quarter. That snap was right in that punter's hands. That's turnover. It's a block yes, it punt, is. but it's a turnover. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, Tim Terrell was asked about it after the game, the fake punt. And he goes, that took cojones. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they came up a yard short, and yep. that gave them life. But the defense and JT, how about this? You texted me early in the day yesterday. I texted somebody, and I got a response. And we both found out that Dorian Pringle was going to play mm-hmm. in the game. 
they don't win that state championship without Dorian Pringle playing last night. Yeah, like 15 tackles or something? You ready for this line? How about this? Dorian Pringle coming off injury, right? Mm -hmm. 14 tackles, two tackles for a loss, one at least one forced fumble, and one fumble recovery on that opening drive Mm -hmm. uh, when it was third and one, and Hoban inside Mm -hmm. the 20 fumbles the ball. They don't win that state title without – hey, that don't get me wrong. The rest of that deal, Big Mike is outstanding. Cody Fair, mm-hmm. fantastic. Uh, you know, Lieber, all those guys are good. But the leader of that defense was Dorian Pringle, and they played mm-hmm. it right. They kept him out uh, until they absolutely needed him, mm-hmm. and boy, did they need him last night, and he delivered. Shout out to that entire defense. It seemed, though, every time that Hoban wanted to run the ball, and it looked like there's a little light, a little uh, daylight, yeah. Those, that secondary would converge on whoever was running. The, that number 25 for Hoban, I don't know his name, was incredible. And every time it looked like he was going to break one, somebody tripped him up. Great job by the defense. I mean, Maslin came out bowling. And again, my advice to Tiger Town is this. Suck it in, man. Enjoy it. Because you never know when you're going to get back there again. And I'm also going to say this. I was at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium a couple of years ago when they had a 40-year anniversary. 40 years! An anniversary of a state title team with Kent McKinley. And they brought out the remaining players. And it's still to this day they remember by play-by-play what it took to win a title. And let's remember this. They didn't have to play 16 games back then. (laughs) But they did have the ultimate challenge to to win the final game of the season means something. Suck it in, man. Enjoy this. You're going to enjoy this for the rest of your life. That last play, two things. I want to be Dorian Pringle to say I stopped the last play of the game, but I sure as heck don't want to be that receiver that had an opportunity to win it and let it slip away either. But kudos to all of them, and thank you for entertaining us in what was a really, really – it was an entertaining game. I'm not going to say it was a great game, but it was entertaining. JT, never in a million years would I have thought a 7-2 to game could be that exciting, right? Because the offense yep. was so bad. It was, it was like pulling teeth to get a first down to gain, you know, 10 yards. But that yeah. was because of both defenses, two of right. the best defenses, regardless yeah. of the vision. I don't know if the offenses are bad or if the defenses are just two evenly matched teams. And it was amazing, too, because when you got into a tight match, it was going to be interesting to see how Maslin responded. Because yeah. they haven't been in that situation. Now, we know Hoban's already lost the game. They've been in a couple of tight matches, too. Now, they understand, you would think, but yet they still made the mistakes. That tells you it's a really well-coached team over there at Maslin, and the moment was never too big, whether they were winning and they, they they were leading the entire way. But they were challenged late in that game, and they were able to come away with the title. Good for them. JT, I'm looking at the stats. One of the things that Nate told me, before the game when we talked to him on Wednesday. Discipline, right? The one thing that I think our team has improved from week one to through week 15 was mm-hmm. discipline, and we need, that, uh, we, we need that on Thursday night. Check this out, JT. Zero fumbles, only four penalties for 25. They, had, they were averaging 85 yards a game in penalties, right? Mm-hmm. They had four for 25 yards. That's it. Yeah. And they did not fumble the football, and DeWan Owens did not throw an interception. Zero turnovers, mm-hmm. four penalties, and they win 7-2. to two. Yeah, good job. I mean, that's what it takes, man. That's why I tell you, man, at the beginning of, the th- of our conversation yesterday, we want to play mistake-free football. 
And for the most part, they did. Like you said, there weren't that many penalties. And we we wanted to limit those as well. Every time Hoban had a big play, it was called back for a holding call, sometimes a legal procedure. And it was just a well – it was actually a a pretty decently refed game. Not going to say one way or the other. Not going to say it was lousy. Could have been a little bit better. But for the most part, it was pretty even. Yeah, I, I thought they did. There was, you know, from field level seeing things, there were some times uh, mm-hmm. I thought Hoban got screwed a couple of times with the play clock not being reset, and the officials were trying to, mm-hmm. you know, get it reset, and for whatever reason they didn't get it done, so they were forced to use two of those timeouts. But um, the illegal nice, procedure yeah. penalties, you took, Coach McDaniels told us about that mm-hmm. before the game, right? Mm-hmm. That group of uh, collection of officials. Wow. And sure enough, there were a lot of them for Hoban. Normally, you get to this point in the season, and what used to happen, I don't know when they changed this, but usually the officiating teams, they get graded on a weekly basis, and when you get to the playoffs, they take this group, they take that group, or whatever. Now what they do is it's a collection of anyone, and they're all graded individually, and they put together a team that may not have worked together. I don't know what last night's situation was or if they had worked together last week. If it's the same crew that had last last week's semifinal game, I don't know. But I I know they haven't worked together all year. That I do know. All right, let's invite you uh, Tiger fans to join us throughout the day. We're on until 7 o'clock tonight here on the Kenny and JT Show, 330-450. Okay, 1480, that's the number to join us and call and talk about your Tigers as state champions for the first time in the playoff era. We lead things off with Jeff in Maslin. Welcome to the Kenny and JT Show, Jeff. Hey, guys, how about the Tigers? Pretty sweet. It's a great game. Hey, I want to give kudos to the Hall of Fame Village, okay? We went to Shula's a couple hours before the game. It was full of a bunch of ex-Tigers um, and, and just... It, it, it truly feels like a big event. It does now going to uh, going to Old Foss and Tom Benson. I, I just just huge props to the Hall of Fame Village, and I know it's not done yet, but it, it was it, it was a great scene. Okay, mm, it really is, Jeff. I want to ask you a question. Since you were there early, obviously you got the Shulas before uh, they they opened up the gates. From what I saw from my perch, was that. The only thing that might have drawn back, and I want to hear some from some, some other fans that may have come, because you could see the traffic coming down I-77, and you could see the line of people trying to get in the gate. Was it hard getting into the game, into the stadium itself, Jeff? No, not no, not at uh, 4.45. Getting out. Oh, geez, okay. Yeah, we snuck in that early, too. But I'm talking about people that had a ticket on their phone, because those lines, I think, Jeff, some people may have missed most of, if not the entire first quarter. Well, when we left Shula's to go into the stadium, obviously we were like, well, we'll just sit here. I mean, there was a long line to get in the gate. Um, okay. You know, it reminded me, like, you know, the Browns, they have four gates. And you yeah. Get okay. To get through the stadium. But I, I do have a question, okay? Go ahead. And I just, just an observation. Mm-hmm. So you got the ball on the half-yard line. Or you're kneeling to take the clock, and um, it's still shotgun. And I mean, right? You know, I'm a, you and I, we, we mm. played back in the day. Yep. Do you not practice enough to get under center? I don't get it. If you're at the half the other line, don't you think you'd? You want to be under center? I do. I was sitting and watching the game with Tom McDaniels. He said exactly that. He said, I'm going sneak, 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 
or sneak, sneak, right. take a shot and go deep if I can because I've got to at least get out enough to give my punter enough room to at least kick the ball away. And you don't want to give that guy a chance to get a safety, and that's exactly what happened. All right, I'm going to interject this, guys. And here's why maybe Nate didn't do that. What did Hoban do when they had it third and one on their opening drive? All game long up to that point on that opening drive, they were in the shotgun. They put their quarterback under center, something he's not used to doing, and he fumbled the snap from under center. They're more comfortable in the shotgun snap than they are under center. So I think that's why Nate still went shotgun snap with the one Owens. And remember this, guys, too, and you can disagree with me, that's fine. But the play before, right, the one Owens took the snap, and if there wasn't an illegal procedure penalty, he runs 99 yards for a touchdown. Jeff, I'm still with you, Jeff. I'm going under center. I'm getting out of that hole. I don't care. Yeah. Yep. Hey, Chris, number 70 for Hoban. Where's he going? <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Let me get my sheet out from yesterday. Uh, number 70, that is um, Sam Greer. And how about this story for Sam Greer? Um, he's 6'6", 295. Sam broke his leg earlier in the season. He missed like, I think, eight or nine games and had just returned in time for the playoffs like Dorian returned last night for you guys. He has an offer from Ohio State already, and he's only, you ready for this? A sophomore at six six two ninety five. Oh my god! He he, he was a, uh, only a sophomore. Are you kidding me? Wow! I know, dude. They, yeah, had, they had a freshman that got a cup of coffee last night too. Yeah, wow! Uh, yeah, it was a great atmosphere. It was a great game, and it just. And I was listening to WHBC coming out of the parking lot. Uh, yeah, you guys do a great job. So kudos to you guys. As hey, well. Jeff! Quickly before uh, we turn your list, because we got to get these other calls. Where'd you go afterwards, and how late were you guys out last night? Uh, no, I, JT, I live near you. I live in Plain Town. Okay. I live in Saratoga Hills. Okay. I went home. <laughs> I you stayed away too. from it. Okay. All right. Very good. Hey, congrats. Enjoy <laughs> it for right. a while, my friend. Thanks, Jeff. That's a good call. Let's go to Ron real quick. We've got time. Ron in Tiger Town. What's up, Ron? I uh, was thrilled to listen to the game. Uh, I didn't get over there. I'm eighty some years old, and uh, but anyhow, uh, very proud of everybody. But we drove through town this morning. Oh yeah, my wife and I, mm-hmm. and uh, I really felt proud because of how clean the place looked. Now, I don't know if we had a crew out there that made that place look pristine or not. The downtown Nashville, after a group like that last night, was wonderful, and I'm proud of our city. Bravo. I saw an overhead view somebody must have taken from a drone, and it was right over Lincoln Way downtown where they've got the Block M in the middle of the street, and it looked like, gee, I don't know, New Year's Eve, New York City. It was outstanding. Well, i tell you what. It, it was the, I couldn't believe the cleanliness of the way the place looked i mean you know philadelphia burns cars <laughs> uh, when they win a championship right our 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 town stood tall 
Couldn't be happier. Ronnie, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. it. Congratulations. I mean, that party's going to be lasting for a long time, man. Yeah, that's going to go, and uh, it's going to be enjoyed uh, like the Cavaliers. You know, uh, they they broke the curse with LeBron uh, 64 years or whatever it was, or 54. This was 50-plus. They broke something last night. They played like dog crap, Rhoda. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Oh, the Cavaliers, yeah, that was embarrassing Ooh. last night. It, it really, really was. They yeah. got booed at hey, home. Uh, they deserved from what I read. <laughs> hey, shout out to Tiger Laverde and the Kirtland Tigers. Kirtland wins the division, I believe, six state championship. And guess who lost to them, unfortunately, early in the playoffs? Trucker Linda Smith and Central Catholic. So they lost to the eventual state champion. That's why I, I said whoever won that game I thought would win the state title. And Kirtland ended up winning it. So congratulations to Kirtland and Central Catholic players. Hold your head high. You played the best there was in your division.